Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Mindful Muslim podcast where we discuss psychology, Islam, mental health and spirituality. I hope that you are all in the best states of Iman and health and I pray that Allah continues to keep you this way. I am Minha and today I have with me Mary, creator of Mindful Bubbles for Inspiration Minds and blog post author Jamila. Today we will be discussing something that affects around 16% of the UK population and accounts for 30% of mental health issue related problems that people go to the GPs for. It's something that all of us experience at some point in our lives, some more so than others, but most importantly it is an issue that is quite often watered down. Inshallah today anxiety will be spoken about from an in-depth personal point of view. So Mary and Jamila, how long have you both had anxiety? Like Salam um I guess I've had it for quite a long time um since secondary school um I just kind of like remember panicking in the girls bathrooms after an English lesson one time and um not really knowing what's wrong with me but yeah I guess for quite a long time I'm I'm 22 now so <laughs> it's a while And what about you Jamila um so I think I've had anxiety for quite a long time like I remember being anxious as a teenager but it kind of came to a head about three years ago when I was living in Jordan for a year and I was hospitalized with a panic attack and severe anxiety um which was you know quite scary and I think it kind of increased my anxiety but that's where it sort of like stemmed from when I started to seek help okay so yours was like abroad in a, a different country altogether that must have been really mm. really daunting um yeah because uh when basically what happened was I got I woke up one morning and I had a pain in my chest and my heart rate was about 144 beats a minute well that's what they oh said when goodness. I got to the hospital and I lived above a pharmacy so I went down explained it to her and she said go to the hospital so I went and they thought uh, when I went there they thought I was having a heart attack so they put me in intensive care overnight and did loads of tests and then it just found that I had a just a severe panic attack which was like the first time I'd had a proper panic attack so that's when it kind of came to a head Wow, okay, so for both of you, I mean, like, the initial stage or, like, the initial starting point was in your teenage years. And, I mean, you know, that kind of just proves a lot of research around anxiety and adolescence and mental health anyway. Um, so what was the, the diagnosis process for you? Because, Mary, I know you said you, you, you know, started in, in high school and, you know, in the bathroom and you, you didn't really know what was going on. So what was the next step for you? Yeah, so I did go through quite a couple of years before actually going to seek help. Um, I did have a couple of, like, panic attacks, so there wasn't really much 
information out there for me as a like a, a teenager and I didn't necessarily think that there was something terribly wrong with me I mean um it was only kind of like recently when I was doing my undergraduate that I thought okay this is what I have I need to go and get help but even then I was still pretty hesitant as well I think it was just the whole like going to a GP like telling them how I'm feeling if it, it, I felt like I was exposed in a way like a, a piece of me was being <laughs> kind of like being ripped open I was always like this really shy kid um I didn't speak much to anyone and to go and tell a complete stranger that I'm feeling this way and it's not normal it, it was it was daunting I guess um but then after when I went to the GP uh they they were really supportive in a way that they made it very a very comfortable atmosphere like um just I was really I was really choked up so the, the GP just said just tell me what you're feeling um what's going on what's happened and from then I just like I, I said it as it is I didn't have to say much before she just kind of like prompted more and then did the questionnaire that they usually do and yeah it just went from then on okay and what about you Jamila um, well, after I had that incident in Jordan, I was kind of a bit put off from getting help for a while. Um, but then a few months later, I could kind of feel myself getting more and more anxious. So then I and um, two of my housemates that I lived with at the time had been diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And they sort of said to me, look, you know, we went to the doctors and they helped us out. So I think you should go. And they kind of like um, made me feel more at ease about it. And because I was like used to um, them dealing with their like anxiety and depression, it kind of made it a bit easier for me to be able to go and speak to my GP about it. Okay, mashallah. I mean, like, I just wanted to pick up on a point that Mary said, you know, about how you were, um, I guess, sort of worried about exposing that part of you to a complete stranger. And that in itself, I imagine, to, you know, cause up a bit of anxiety and make you feel quite anxious. Um, and like, you know, Jamila, you probably, from what it sounds, you're experiencing the, the same thing. But having those you know those peers in place that were kind of already acting as models for you you know that must have helped um a lot I mean like Mary did you grow did you have anyone around you that was sort of experiencing the same thing or um not really that's why that's kind of a part of why it took me so long to realize that there was actually something that I needed to go and get checked out but this was a matter for a GP to be looking at rather than just me figuring out maybe I'm just going through a couple of like turbulent years of my teenager life. Um, so yeah, there is that distinction. And I suppose that brings me on to my sort of um, next point. You know, it's a lot of people, they kind of just wash the whole concept of having some form of anxiety to just being nervous or just being stressed or just being irrational irrational I mean how would you two make the distinction between anxiety and just nerves or stress I mean is it difficult to separate the the different emotions when in a heightened anxious state 
Um, well, I, I think it's important to remember that anxiety is like a, a really normal, naturally born a natural bodily reaction to like a stressful environment our bodies are sort of like evolutionarily or they're, they're just wired up to deal with situations that are perhaps dangerous for us in a way to hype up our body for, and get ready for this um so feeling anxious is normal but then how do you make the distinction between a just being nervous or having an actual anxiety disorder is anxiety disorders kind of carry on they're they're more continuous so for example if you're on stage and you're about to give a presentation and you're nervous and you can feel your heart racing you can feel like your breath um your breathing increasing that's nerves but An anxiety disorder is being, you can be alone in your room and it can be 2am and then you can feel this sudden sort of like shock wave come over you and you can be feeling as if you're in front of a thousand people when you're actually alone. So even when you're in that hyped up state, I think the situation that you're in is a real telltale of like, whether you're actually just nervous or if you're if there's something a little bit more if you're having an uh, if you're experiencing an anxiety disorder that makes sense yeah and I suppose I suppose like making the distinction is is very context dependent because I mean a lot of the people who I know who have anxiety they wouldn't even be able to get to that stage of ever performing in front of a lot of people do you know what I mean yeah so someone you know who's just nervous is very very different to someone who's got anxiety because they wouldn't even be able to get to that that's that point in their lives to be able to do that what about you Jamila what what do you feel are the differences for you um I kind of agree with Mariam um the anxiety it it doesn't often have like a cause whereas just nerves you know it can you know you could be nervous about an interview or nervous about seeing someone um whereas anxiety you could be anxious over the smallest thing like you know when my anxiety was at the worst I couldn't leave the house I was far too anxious and you know I'd leave the leave the house and get a panic attack so it's a difference I think you know as Mary said anxiety is more sort of random and doesn't have as like causes that are necessarily as big and as definable okay so I mean like both of you guys mashallah it sounds like you have recovered to a certain extent so how did you deal with your anxiety or how are you dealing with your anxiety um from a sort of like a religious context do you mean or in, yeah in any in any way like how how have you dealt with it? I, I guess yeah in a religious context because obviously there's a lot of um sort of barriers religiously I'm sure you'll agree that people do put on you when it comes to anxiety so how did you how did you deal with your with your sort of anxious feelings well I guess there are a number of ways that I do deal with anxiety. Um, one, I mean, there are different, many different approaches um, to dealing with 
you know, the disorder. But I think in a more spiritual way, um, I, I kind of like to think about the pie chart of Nasib, and it's just basically a construct in my head that I can pull up really quickly if I ever feel like I'm going into a, like a, a bit of a panic or into a war, into a bit of a mind cloud sort of thing. And it's just basically a pie chart with two halves and it's a reassurance to say um, that whatever happens is basically the decree of Allah. So I should just make all the necessary steps to ensure that I'm trying my best to just calm down, breathe and rationalise the situation. So Nasib is just half what you put in and the other half is Tawakkul, which is, it's just depending or putting your trust in God and then let whatever be, be. And from a spiritual side, that's kind of how I deal with that. <laughs> okay, mashallah. That's, that's really nice, actually. That's quite sweet. What about you, Jamila? Um, I agree with what you said earlier about how there can be barriers put up with you, like, religiously. And when I got diagnosed with uh, depression and anxiety together, it was just over a year ago, and because of those sort of barriers I was very nervous about the doctor's suggestion to go on medication so I went and spoke to my imam and he said to me he was like well if you had a physical illness you would take your necessary medication um to help get over that so it shouldn't be any different with a mental illness so I started on medication um, and he reminded me of the hadith about trusting Allah but also tying your camel. So I kind of see the medication part as tying my camel but then trusting Allah, you know, if I do have a panic attack that's when I'll start reciting Quran or doing dhikr um, and it just calms me down. Yeah. Mashallah, it's so interesting to hear from people who have suffered from anxiety and who are, you know, you guys are obviously still experiencing it. You know, the very thing, like the, the Qadr Allah, the very thing that people hold against you and try to use that as an excuse for not having anxiety. You know, I'm sure you've heard loads of people say that, oh, you don't believe in the Qadr Allah, that's why you have anxiety, that's why you have panic attacks, blah, blah, blah. But you guys actually use that very excuse as a comfort and it's just subhanAllah it's just so interesting to see how you guys like use the flip side of the argument for your benefit mashallah so how would you guys describe your anxiety in a nutshell oh goodness um i think uh, a really basic way of putting it is say that anxiety disorder is an irrational fear um of like of something that is considered like minor or not worrying at all like um for example like Jamila was saying earlier um something considered very basic to us like just going outside or uh, meeting a friend for lunch those things are what anxiety disorder makes those 
feel like we're being sort of like attacked by a lion or a bear in a way I think yeah it just makes the life all the irrationals become a fear for us if that makes any sense yeah <laughs> okay Michelle what about you Jamila yeah I agree I think it just makes everyday activities difficult and it's frustrating more than anything because you you like you want to do things but your anxiety can stop you and it's almost a part of you that is more powerful than sort of um what like your goals your anxiety kind of overpowers what you want to do so it's in one word i'd say it's frustrating yeah i can imagine it to be quite you know quite exhausting you know trying to be the best person you can be and having your you know having to battle your anxiety who's trying to stop that that best person to come out subhanallah so with with that in mind what was the most stigmatizing things you guys have faced in regards to your anxiety if you have received anything from any kind of perspective whether that's religious cultural or just amongst your peers you know when you first you know were diagnosed or you know what it, what was it for you guys um i think talking about anxiety in general to like friends as i mentioned earlier i had i had extreme like I had a problem just talking to my GP about it, so I'm still finding it hard like, to tell other people that this disorder is why I can't necessarily make plans like two weeks ahead. It's kind of why I'm a little bit flaky sometimes. I I don't think that there's necessarily a st- stigma in the sense that they're going to discriminate against me to an extent but rather that there is no real sort of like information out there to help others understand like what's going on in the mind of somebody who has an anxiety disorder it's really hard to imagine like somebody who's suffering from a mental illness if what they're going through if you've never really had it yourself and that's not necessarily anybody's fault it's just that's the way it is and maybe if we were to come up with more communication or like between people who do have the disorder and people who don't and help others understand what it's like then maybe there would be some sort of like outreach in the community where we will live in a place where it's kind of like normal to say oh yeah by the way I have anxiety so this this and this might happen like I wouldn't feel kind of like ashamed or nervous to say it to your friends so yeah yeah I I agree there's there's definitely there's definitely a gap there definitely um what about what about you Jamila what's the most stigmatizing thing you've faced um it's not from my friends because they're all pretty understanding and when I sort of make a new friend and I'm getting like close to my friends I, I tell them outright that I've got anxiety and depression and I put it on my Facebook so 
I don't want to hide it. And then if anyone ever says anything negative, I'll just be like, all right, you can go away then. Um, <laughs> but it's for like, if I do share it on like Twitter or something on public profiles, you know, I'll get criticized. Oh, you've got mental illness because you've got a weak man and stuff like that. Um, and it's, I just think it's from people who don't understand. Like it's, you know, people saying that stuff about you without knowing you can get you down, but you just kind of have to brush it off because, you know, it is something that's not really understood very well in the Muslim communities. Um, but inshallah, that will change. Inshallah, inshallah, that's what we're that's what we're all here for. And on on yeah. that note, um, what is the most important thing that you guys would want people to know about anxiety in order to raise awareness or defeat stigma because any, anything like what would you what do you feel is the most important thing that people need to know oh goodness um anxiety and just the term anxiety i think it's being used a lot as like street slang um so it, i've realized that it's actually really common um, just for people to use the throw about the term when they're saying like, oh, I'm I'm really anxious about this or like blame, for example, like say I'm really OCD about this just because oh I don't know you're washing your bed linen twice a week rather than like a person who has actually has OCD, they'll be washing their hands constantly until they bleed sometimes and it's and it sort of devalues sort of like the, the suffering it makes it invalid in in a sense and I think proper use of the term anxiety and proper use of the term of of its derivative terms such as like OCD and um, social anxiety disorder if you're if you're shy that's not the same as social anxiety disorder there are there are differences and I think we'll never really say, oh, I'm, we, we would never really use the term, like, I don't know, somebody who has, for example, cancer, we'd, we'd never really use cancer, the term in, as a, like a, a street slang sort of thing, we wouldn't want to offend anybody with a physical ailment, I, I don't think, I think we should be treating mental ailments in the same way we should really sort of like cherish the terms because they they mean a lot more than just i wash my bed linen twice a week sort of thing <laughs> to yeah, some people yeah, i agree yeah definitely what about you jamila what's the change that you want to see <laughs> um i think just more understanding and i think it helps you know if people with mental illness disorders are sort of more open with them I feel like it changed like there's a lot of stigma attached to it because if I tell someone I've got depression and anxiety they're like well I never expected that of you and I'm like well (laughs) yeah because you know you can put on a happy face but you know it's mental illnesses can be very easy to hide so it's like don't take everything on face value and you know um just sort of if you don't understand mental illness, be more open-minded about, you know, people who suffer from it and don't attach stigma to sufferers. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think 
what I would personally want people to know is to broaden their their knowledge bank of mental health. Because I remember, you know, not long ago, I was one of those people that just thought, you know, anxiety was someone, you know, it was a respected mental health disorder, but it was someone who just got panicky and breathless and, you know, started mm. having sweats and stuff like that. And then after I actually took psychology, you know, there's a lot more to it. There's high-functioning anxiety, the, you know, there's agoraphobia, you know terms that people have never even heard of and you know just just like simple things are I suppose consequences or symptoms of anxiety like hair pulling or you know the ripping the the skin off your lips or biting your fingernails and things like that and you know if people understood or knew how common or how obvious the symptoms of anxiety were and how many different like varieties there are I definitely think there would be a decrease because then people would be like oh my goodness actually this person is really suffering but because that understanding isn't out there um because people just simply don't know and they're you know like Mary said they're just chucking around the world you know the world (laughs) the word um (laughs) you know and as a self-diagnosis you know it's the most brutal form of ignorance really so for all our listeners who are suffering from anxiety um what would be your top tips for those suffering from any kind of anxiety well what what was the thing that helped you the most or how how what would you say to someone um that is seriously suffering from anxiety Oh goodness, okay, so there are a couple of things. Um, from my own experience, please, please, please visit your GP. Um, if you're worried about the treatment, you they are really flexible. I think my GP offered medication, um, SSRIs, just selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or like to have so some sort of cognitive behavioural therapy or even just mindfulness. They are really flexible. And it's also really beneficial to know or to understand that um, you are to an extent in control, to an extent. I, I say this very warily in the sense that anxiety is sort of like... A continuous irrational fear if you are able to think through that fear in a clear way then with a little bit of practice you'll be able to get a bit more control over some of the symptoms that you'll be experiencing like panic attacks um, and also know your creature comforts um, I think one of the things that really helps me get through like a, a really long and stressful day um i i always used to kind of have like a little bit of panic in um in tubes with lots of people i would just reach into my bag and in there i would have a couple of like distractions i would have um a pen and a piece of paper and i would just doodle and i would just like doodle out like whatever has been going on whatever the story is and it would just distract my mind for a while and help me just like recenter and just shut down those limbic systems that are going a bit crazy and um yeah i think just get to know yourself know what makes you happy know what makes you nervous know what sets you off on a panic attack or or 
or your anxiety. Um, it, it really does, it, it does take a lot of effort, but I think with a, a bit more, with a little bit of practice, eventually you'll be, you will be able to sort of rewire your thought processes and calm yourself down a lot quicker than you were perhaps like before you, you started like months ago. You will really see an improvement and there is hope, <laughs> believe me. Definitely. And I think, you know, with what Mary said about finding more about yourself, what gives you comfort, what gives you what gives you happiness, what sets you off. I think it's important and what I always tell people is don't expect it to change overnight like nothing is going to change overnight and you know I my my little motto I guess is that we are our own heroes but we have to remember that we are not superhuman and you know it's not gonna you're not gonna do a mindfulness exercise for five minutes and everything is going to change it like you said it requires a lot of effort requires a lot of um, patience with yourself as well and I think I find that is really common in people who have anxiety they're, they're not they're not patient with themselves they're kind of like like Jamila said earlier it's frustrating they just they just want to do it but yeah. you know no one no one's gonna run a marathon if they've just been running for a day you know it's they're not going to be able to run for 27 miles or whatever um so I think patience with yourself is is really key here um what about you Jamila what are your top tips um go to the doctors I agree with Mary but um also what works for someone else won't necessarily work for you so think about all your options just because you know your friend is really progressing with therapy doesn't mean that if you try it and you know you don't feel it's working for you that you can't go back to the doctor and try something else um and also know that you're not alone even if you don't know anyone with anxiety or a mental health problem you know we're here for you we can you know you're not struggling alone yeah anxiety disorder is extremely common like i think i was reading about 7.8 percent of the population have it yeah so yeah you're definitely not alone definitely yeah exactly okay so mashallah jazakallah for um coming and discussing anxiety with me today jamila and mary um i pray that you guys continue to progress with your disorders um and may allah reward you for sharing your experiences and benefiting the ummah in one way um inshallah for all our listeners we hope that you have enjoyed today's discussion if you feel like you want to add anything or you'd like to comment please do leave a comment in the discussion um on the website below um and if you have any questions or you'd like to feature in a future podcast podcast then please do email info at inspirationminds.org.uk um and just on another note we are currently doing hashtag freaky feels on all our social media platforms where people basically share their experiences of anxiety ocd phobia ptsd anything that you know makes you feel freaky i guess um so please do try and participate that in any way and until next time i hope that you all stay well and allah keeps you in the best states of iman and health jazakumullah khairan for listening assalamu alaikum assalamu alaikum
Don't let me go astray cause I need you by my side I wish to be the 